Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some very exciting news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available on Audible. Tap the link in the description to listen to small shifts you can make today to be a calmer, happier, more productive version of yourself. It would mean the world to us. Today, we welcome an author, Sohi Jean, who has a very impressive resume as a sought-after executive coach, keynote speaker, leadership development facilitator. She is also a mum of three and has done a PhD. In our conversation, Sohi debunks the mummy balance myth, how to live a more authentic life, how you can align your values with the seasons of your life, and some great self-care routines. I gained so much from Sohi's authenticity, and I know you will too. Today, I'm joined by Sohi Jean, who has written the book Mummy Tracked, How to Take Authentic Risks and Find Success on Your Own Terms. Sohi, it is so great to have you on our show today. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you, Chelsea. You have such a stacked resume, like I was so impressed when I was learning about you and listening to you on other podcasts and you really have the expertise to speak in this space. I'd love you to share with our community who listen to us regularly on this podcast, how you got here from your 20-year corporate career to jumping in and starting your own firm. Oh, wow. Condensing all of that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think that what I'll say is that I have always had an innate curiosity about people, and that has led me organically into this career that we now call organization development, in which I made a niche as a leadership coach serving highly ambitious women and emerging leaders. And, you know, I think I always kind of look back and go, oh, you know, it always works out, and somehow it does. Um, and this is kind of what I, what I tell my clients is that even if it doesn't make sense now, it will later if you follow your intuition. So... What I found is that I followed my intuition from being in the corporate world and doing all of the things that we call now talent management. So people management, feedback, survey, culture surveys, employee engagement, all that stuff. And I found that the biggest impact and the greatest joy that I had was in working with leaders one-on-one and um, in discovering what my unique talents were as well, which is creating space, being authentic, really asking powerful questions, that led me to having this uh, firm that I have over the past five years of coaching leaders specifically and highly ambitious women. Um, and I also coach from a place of lived experience. So that is my niche because I happen to be and have been an emerging leader and I'm a highly ambitious woman and I am uh not going to hide that. I own that. And so I coach from not only theory and practice, but my lived experience. It's amazing. And I love your book, you know, and I'm thrilled today to share some of the wisdom that that's in your book. And and it's really for a cohort of people that truly need it, to be honest. You know, you're speaking directly to mums who are struggling with that, with that myth of work-life balance. And and I'm really curious today to debunk that, the mummy balance myth. And, and let's talk about this because being a working mom, you know, what does that even mean? Is this even possible? Yeah. You know, I, I share this in the book, which is that I have such an allergic reaction to that word balance. And I, I honestly feel like we've been sold a bill of goods from the get go 
that anywhere we go, conferences or any mom's network or just anybody we talk to, the first thing we say out of our mouth is like, how do you balance? How do you do it all? And what I found through, again, my lived experience and trying to like make it all fit and make it all fit perfectly was really just me being miserable and burnt out all the time. Um, And what I learned is, okay, let me take a step back and actually flip it on its head and figure out what's actually important to me. What is that from a place of my values? What do I value? And when I anchored on that, all the other shoulds of what I should be doing as a mom kind of went away. I mean, not magically, of course, I had to work at it and really figure this out. But you know, that looked like, okay, does it mean that I now want to do part-time work? Does it mean that I want to cor- climb the corporate ladder and be a VP or a SVP or the CEO? What does it all look like for this season of my life that includes being really present for my kids? So when I flipped it, I really found that integration is where it's at versus balance, which is a whole different game. So Love that. I love the word integration and 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 that's exactly how I feel about this whole work-life integration. And and I also loved in the book, how you talk about these seasons of life and Mm -hmm. align your values to your season of life. What are some tips for our audience around how they could do that? Yeah. You know, what I would say is again, root around your values. So if you haven't done a values exercise, there's plenty out there on the web, but also on my website as well on how to identify your core values, which is no more than two to three, any more than that. And that becomes more of a preference or or a want versus an actual value. Mm -hmm. And when you look at your values and then make decisions based on that, it really becomes clear. So for example, for me, one of my values is freedom. So how that translates is into my work, which means now I have my own firm that allows me the freedom to really prioritize my family and the work that matters to me. So start from that and then try to strip away the shoulds, right? I mean, one, it takes self-awareness. And I think, Chelsea, you would agree, it's like self-awareness is the foundation to anything, right? And when you start from a place of knowing what your priorities are and values are, then it takes the courage to act on that by getting rid of the shoulds of what you think you should be doing, which is largely around balancing everything. Mm. That's so true. We do that a lot, I feel like, as working mums, these shoulds. (laughs) Oh, gosh, we say it all the time. Why should should I be at the, you know, mom's cook-off? Should I be in the classroom? Should I be now, you know, doing that big, important project and all of it all at once and be the best partner, be the best friend? It's a lot of pressure. A lot. It's a lot. And being able to let that go and, and, you know, should I be at the drop-off? Should I be packing the most nutritious meal for my child? And then should I be the number one speaker in the USA, should I be, you know, like it's, it is, it's a lot of pressure and it's just being okay to let that go. And I think that's the hardest thing, Chelsea, to let it go. Let it go. I know because I had many, many sleepless nights. I had a lot of turmoil over what I thought was success and what it looked like for me. And the torture of being this really ambitious woman who has her PhD and and got the corner office and like, what, that isn't what I want. What? And that kind of just (laughs) threw a bomb into my life and what I thought it looked like in terms of success. And what does, what does success look like to you now? Yeah, it's such a great question. (laughs) So now, you know, and this was again, a journey for me. Now it looks like 
working with amazing clients that are in line with my vision of amplifying women's wisdom and courage and helping them find their definition of success. So coaching women um, that are looking for that and really being very integrated into my kids' lives. So that doesn't mean being there all the time or being there for every activity, but it means really being able to say, okay, is this important to you, 12-year-old son? Then let me figure out how to be there and present for you. And um, also taking very good care of my inner like mental health and emotional health so that I can show up for everyone that's important to me. I love that, Sohi. And I know that you're really big on this because you've got a whole chapter dedicated to this in your book around self-care. And I I love to chat about this because I think self-care needs a rebrand. You know, people think it's really self-indulgent to look after yourself, but it's actually the most important thing that we can do. And I'd love to know, you know, what are your self-care rituals or what are your routines that, what do you do for yourself as a very busy, successful businesswoman, mum, PhD student, you know, like what do you (laughs) You squeeze this in, you know, how do you get that self-care in there in the day-to-day? Yeah, and Chelsea, when you said it needs a rebrand, I think it's absolutely true. And I'd love to hear like off the record what you would rebrand it as because I I think that it really does. Um, You know, you know firsthand, I know firsthand that when you become a mom, the first thing that you get with your baby is guilt. (laughs) Here's the baby and here's a load of guilt (laughs) for everything, right? So... (laughs) With that being said, I, in my journey, decided to take self-care off the table as a optional. And what I found through trial and error is that when I put that first in my agenda, then I'm able to really show up in the most powerful way, not only for my family and kids, but for my clients. And they deserve that. If they are paying to work with me and really want um, to elevate from good to great, then I owe it to them to be the best version of myself in service of my clients and my family and the people that I love. Mm-hmm. So when I reframed it that way, I'm like, look, my morning routine is on lock, especially during quarantine and all the craziness we've been through. It was a non-negotiable for me. And my kids know too, that they do not disturb mommy when I'm meditating to your meditation. <laughs> they do not disturb me. They like see me with my headset on, they walk right out and like don't interrupt that time. Cause it's, non-negotiable. That's amazing. So you're a big meditator, which is fantastic. What else do you do for yourself? So there's two things that I do um, 95% of the time. The meditation, first thing when I wake up, and um, that's six days out of seven. Sometimes I don't get to it. Um, And then I move every day. So whether that's a formal exercise class or I'm going to walk my dog, I literally move my body every day and not in service of, oh, I have to do this for um, weight gain or weight loss or any of that. For me, it's a look, it feels good to get out of my um, my office and my chair and move my body because that's when I get most inspired and that's when I feel more grounded. So the reasons why I do things have shifted for me throughout the years from a superficial reasoning to more of a inner work of like, this makes me feel very grounded and that's why I do it. Now, the side benefit is, yeah, I might get toned and great, but it's really about feeling grounded and centered. So I do those two things. I love that. And I think that is so important. That is beautiful language as well for our future generation to hear. 
is that moving the body isn't about looking a particular way that is the byproduct of why we move the movement comes from you get strong you have great energy it makes you feel good you get creative you get more insight like it's all these other things we get very fixated I think to looking a particular way and I think that that kind of quietens down as you get a bit older I think that comes from a bit of wisdom from aging and if we that on our younger generation you know my daughter Clara she said to me you know this is a few years ago uh mummy my legs are so strong I'm busting out of these tights right because the tights were too small and I loved that it wasn't because mom I'm gaining weight and which she's not right she's growing as a girl yeah but imagine if all human beings out there all women out there said I'm busting out of my tights because I'm getting too strong my legs are too strong for these tights I'm <laughs> <laughs> that would that would just blow up, you know, all the social media comparisonitis. Uh, and I think what a beautiful world that would be if we just get oh. really fixated on and moving to get stronger and good energy and to become more inspired. I know, and I do think I'm really what I'm hopeful about is that with each generation there is a there is a, an evolution towards that. I remember when I was a kid, the things and the mindset that we have now and that we see in the younger generation didn't exist. So when I see what my kids are talking about, and even if the challenges seem really gnarly and really hard, it's an evolved uh, from an evolved uh, place in which we weren't in before. So I just think that I'm hopeful that as a species, we keep evolving so that, yeah, we move away from comparison and really just embrace that how I can be of best in service is through shining my um, my unique gifts and through being the best person that I can be. And meditation and movement is a part of that. So beautiful. So beautiful. I'm so grateful that you left your corporate world. I really am because <laughs> you are. And, and I'd love to ask you this, as this very last question around business, you know, what does it feel like to take a risk and start your own business? Because I know a lot of people out there that want to do it, but they don't because they get fearful. Yeah. And I'd love your insight into that. You know, what did it feel like to take that risk and start your own thing? And, and now you're so successful, but I know that that jump is hard initially. How do you get over that? Yeah. So I'll be completely honest and say that this is my second iteration of having my own business. And when I when I look back on this journey, the the biggest fear I had around all of this was getting it right. You know, this this mindset of I have to get it right, I have to get it perfect, and whatever that perfect outcome was in my head at that time. And I think that that gets in the way of the journey for people and of gets in the way of actually just starting and taking action and learning from it. And in my journey, what started out as I want to get it right, evolved to, um, you know what, I want to let go of the outcome and really enjoy what this journey brings and where it takes me. And in doing that work of trusting my intuition and really leaning into my gifts, it has brought me to this place that is so beautiful and being able to serve the clients that I serve. But trust me, Chelsea, I... 
it was the scariest thing in my my career so this far of leaving again like i said a corporate office and the corporate world that i'd been in for over 15 years which i loved and learned so much from and leaving all of the superficial um, markers of success for what and that unknown was the scariest thing that i had ever experienced um and it, and what I'll say to that is at the core, when I was real quiet and in my own voice, I knew it was still worth it. So that voice was what made me have some sort of courage to take one action, what I call micro actions, not the whole big thing, but just what's the next step that I feel will help me move toward out of the fear a little bit more. And that's worked so far. That's so great. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did that. Me You're too. a beautiful soul. I, you're doing so much incredible work and I'd love our Australian community to, to find you, you know, and learn more about the incredible work you're doing. So where should they come to start following your journey, Sohi? Ah, so many. There's three different ways. So my website is the first, um, and they can reach out to me there, www.sohijunphd.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Sohi Jun, um, also Instagram. So he John underscore PhD. So thank you, Chelsea. This has been so fun. Thank you so much, Sohi. And we will link everyone into the show notes. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back next month with another guest. Thank you, Sohi. What an absolute treat for us thank this you, time. Chelsea. <laughs> thank you for listening today. If you found this podcast valuable, please do not forget to leave us a five-star rating. This will help others find our show so we can educate and empower listeners to take care of their mental health. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It is not advice and is not a substitute for seeking medical or an appropriate healthcare professional's counsel. Any use of the information contained in the show or show notes is at the user's own discretion. Thank you.